0: feels so dramatic, doesn't it? Good morning, VRVC. It is uh, so great uh, to be with you again as we enter uh, season two of Exodus. And uh, I just feel just so blessed to, to be, a part of you, uh, be a part of you and with you in person and online uh, as we worship together, as we uh, experience God's presence, as we pray together, as we hear uh, beautiful testimonies of serving and serving opportunities it, once again, another really challenging week. As Arthur mentioned, his prayer, Indianapolis, Dante Wright, so many other things that break our heart and cause us to pray, and 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 that draw us to, to move toward one another in love. And 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 uh, so I'm just so grateful to be with you here today. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 33. I'm going to jump into that text. Uh, we're seeing what God can teach us on the wilderness journeys of our lives as we're with Israel in the wilderness. And uh, as I read this passage, I want you to try to get a feel for how things stand between three parties in this passage. The Lord, Moses, and Israel. Israel, 30, Exodus 33, uh, verses 1 through 11. Hear the word of the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses, leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. When the people heard these distressing words, they began to mourn and no one put on any ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, tell the Israelites, you're a stiff-necked people. If I were to go with you, even for a moment, I might destroy you. Now take off your ornaments. And I will decide what to do with you. So the Israelites stripped off the, their ornaments at Mount Horeb. Now, Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of the cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshiped, each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young age, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. You know, I'm no songwriter. But I think if I wanted to try to write a popular love song, one good strategy would be to write about distance, the distance between two people. Take, for example, this old song from my adolescence.
1: A song about moving along. and help to know that you're so far away.
0: you Christine and Kristen. I saw some of you old timers kind (laughs) of out there. I I see you. Please do me a favor and play that song for your children and grandchildren sometime today. What a beautiful love song. So I'll say it again. If I wanted to write a popular love song, well one avenue would be to try to write something like the great Carol King wrote, a song about distance. I'd write a song about Loneliness, because so many people have a story about when they were far away from a loved one and they were struggling over that terrible, lonely gap. So many people have a story about an unwanted breakup and the deep pain they feel over that gap. Now, ironically enough, if I were going to try to write a, a Christian song or even a hymn, I might also consider writing a song about distance. I might write a song about the distance between us and God and our hunger for for restoration of a broken relationship with God. I don't think I could ever write a song like King David wrote in Psalm 51. But but maybe I'd try to write a line like, cast me not away from your presence and, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Or maybe like the chorus of one of my favorite hymns, I need thee every hour, I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. Or maybe like another one of my favorite hymns, draw me nearer, draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Maybe that's why this passage I read to you from Exodus 33 moves me so much. In fact, it always has because it is a passage that measures the gap between sinful Israel and a holy God. It's a passage where Israel feels so far away from God. It's a passage that comes on the heels of a, of a breakup of sorts. And let's just say the breakup is not God's fault, but, but slowly and surely these sad and regretful and broken-hearted Israelites get a glimmer of hope And a glimmer of hope, and a glimmer of hope about how they might draw nearer, nearer, nearer to God. But before we get to the hope part, we've got to face the stark facts this morning. We need to begin with the the brutal reality of Israel's predicament in Exodus 33. And so we we need to begin with the breakup. Uh, In Exodus chapter 32, the passage that precedes our passage, if you've been reading through Exodus You may remember that there was a point in time where the Israelites got tired of waiting on Moses who was spending weeks on end with God. And and Israel did something so reckless, so treacherous against the God they said they loved. Uh, They just started breaking commandments right and left. God said, I'm the the Lord your God who brought you out of Israel. You shall have no other gods before me. But they said, yeah. But we kind of miss some of those old Egyptian gods, you know, those bulls and calves that people used to worship back in Egypt. God said, thou shalt not make a a graven image, commandment number two. And they said, yeah, but what if we melted down all our earrings and rings and made a golden calf? God said, you shall not take the name of your Lord in vain. But the Israelites said, yeah, but what if we combined our worship of this idol, this golden calf, with a feast day?